Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, movie fans. I want to thank Will Griffiths for that spirited introduction, and you, dear listeners, for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today, because noted film critics Diana Sanger and James Cole Harrison are here to talk about Betty Davis, one of the greatest actresses in Hollywood history. Betty Davis received two Oscars for her extraordinary work in Dangerous and Jezebel, and she became known as the intense actress who could play a variety of strong and complex characters. In fact, the Internet Movie Database also lists 124 acting credits for this remarkable star. That list includes such diverse films as All About Eve, Now Voyager, The Letter, Elizabeth in Essex, A Pocketful of Miracles, Dark Victory, Dead Ringer, and Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. An example of the enduring interest in Betty Davis is FX's much-hyped new limited TV series, Feud, that focuses on her stormy relationship with Joan Crawford. Diana and James have agreed to reveal their favorite Betty Davis films and performances and also to share their opinion concerning why she became such a successful movie star. And I hope we'll hear some behind-the-scenes information about Betty Davis movies. Most of you know that Diana and James are two of our favorite guests. Diana is the founder of Classic Movie Guide, and James is a film historian who contributes movie commentary to a variety of outlets, including Classic Movie Guide and Review Express, which is also a site that uh, Diana Sanger founded. It's always a treat to have them on our show. But I have to mention that all three of us are very sad today because Robert Osborne, the wonderful host of Turner Classic Movies, passed away yesterday. That's why I want to dedicate this episode to Robert Osborne, and I think he would be pleased, especially since this show is a tribute to a classic film actress like Betty Davis, and because two people he thought so highly of, Diana Sanger and James Colt Harrison, are the special guests. Diana and James knew Robert personally, so before we get to Betty Davis, I've asked each of them to share their fondest memory of him. Ladies first, as always. Diana, what would you like to share about Robert Osborne? Well, first of all, it was just wonderful to to meet him, and um, I was invited to be part of his uh, festival at Athens, uh, the Robert Osborne Film Festival in Athens, Georgia, for five years, and um, it was just amazing to watch him be such a compassionate person about uh, film and people, and he never showed, um, you know, like 
favor over one actor or another. Everyone was just treated like royalty, and just being around him and watching him with people, even with when they would have a big banquet and people would pay tickets and come, he would go to every table. He would hug every person, take pictures with them. He was just a phenomenal man, and um, I'm so sorry that we lost him. Well, I I feel the same way, and I want to thank you, Diana, for putting me in contact with Robert. He's one of my all-time favorite guests. I, I'll never forget his fascinating conversation with Rita Moreno on our Singing in the Rain 60th anniversary show. I, I'm sure that, that James remembers that when I think you, uh, you Diana, and James were um, involved with that show. It's, it is one of, one of our favorites. And James, what is your favorite um, or fondest memory of Robert Osborne? Oh, gosh, he was such a nice man. I, I just couldn't say too much about how great he was. He, and he was so down to earth. You know, he was a celebrity himself, actually. I'm sure yeah. he, wasn't in the, he wasn't in the business for him to become the celebrity, but he did become one because of his television shows. But uh, both Diana and I were invited to his uh, film festival. I, I only went for two years. And Diana topped me by being there for five. But uh, it was such an experience being with Robert. And as Diana said, he just treated everybody the same, just like you were his oldest, best friend. And he was just wonderful. And I'm sure all of his friends and relatives and stars he worked with are going to miss him just as we are. Well, thanks so much for sharing that, uh, James. Uh, personally, I think Robert Osborne was one, was one of a kind. I know, as you said, he'll he'll be greatly missed, and we feel so honored here that he was a, a friend and supporter of Movie Addict Headquarters. And of course, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, friends, and fans during this difficult time.
that was just for you, Robert. You've made us all smile and enriched our lives. We're back live now, folks, with Diana Sanger and James Colt Harrison. Diana, are you ready to talk about the great Betty Davis now? I sure am. I'm so glad you could be with us for this topic, and the same goes for James, of course. You know, folks, I suspect that Betty Davis is a favorite of his. Is is that true, James? Well, you could say that. I, I've loved Betty Davis and everything she ever did, even in the horrible movies she made, which she made good because she was in them. And and she's always been a great, great star for, for the entire world. <laughs> great. That means you get to answer the first question. Why? Oh, no. Betty- <laughs> yes, you get the first question. <laughs> and you're the film historian, so so it's only appropriate. Why do you think Betty Davis uh, was such a popular star for so long? Oh, I think because she took chances. Uh, first of all, she didn't care how she looked. She always wanted to be the character. She wanted to look like what the character would look like. So if, it, if she was playing a hag, she really looked like one. <laughs> so she took chances that way. No no other movie star would ever, ever look horrible on the screen, but she didn't care. She wanted to play the role. So that was that was her biggest asset right there. But she liked different characters. She liked to play good women. She liked to play horrible women. Of course, she was the greatest at playing a witch, but <laughs> she, she never... <laughs> She never wanted to be, you know, the sweet uh, film star. She wanted to have meaty roles, and she fought constantly with Jack Warner for better pictures, and they used to go at it all the time, had fights, and he would always give her trash movies. And <laughs> so She, she sued him, a, didn't yeah, she? <laughs> uh, she did, uh, yes. Uh, she... Back in, in the in the thirties, uh, he was giving her terrible movie parts, and she was fed up with it. And she said she wasn't going to do any more, so she sued him for better parts. And she le- she actually left for England and thought she could make some independent movies. But of course, she was under contract to Warner Brothers, and she couldn't make pictures for anybody else. So he stopped that. She. Unfortunately, she lost in court, uh, so she had to go back to her slave contract and work for Jack. But he did sort of start giving her better roles, like Jezebel and Dark Victory. Oh, talk about better roles. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that, I think think you're on the right track with the fact that she she didn't really uh, aim to be a glamour girl at all. Never, and, never, never. And this never. set her apart. I think this this set her apart. So I think that was one of the the reasons. Uh, as a viewer, that's what I part of why I liked her because you, you knew, yeah. That, yeah, you knew that she was going for the role and not just something that would that she'd have to worry about her her appearance and her glamour uh, rating. And um, how about you, Diana? What? Why do you think Betty Davis? was such a popular star for such a long time. Well, I think it it happened, you know, when she first probably had this idea that this was something that she could do. And she had so many things, negative things, happen to her in her career on the way. I mean, there was like a bump everywhere every time. 
but it didn't stop her. She pursued anyway, and she actually showed a lot of naysayers what she could do. And, um, you know, like Jim said, she was so versatile and was either good or bad. It didn't matter. She was good, and you liked her. So <laughs> I think that was <laughs> yes. a, a very good talent that a lot of people might have just given up on and said, oh, I can't do this. So you have to give her kudos for that. I think you're right about that, and there's there's a story about, I don't know whether this is true or not, and James, maybe you can, uh, can let us know this, but when when Universal sent a, a studio rep to meet her at the train, when, they, when Universal, <laughs> I think it was Universal, that brought her to uh, Hollywood, and the studio rep yeah. went to pick her up at the train, and then he he left and uh, went back to the studio, and, and they said, well, where's uh, Betty Davis? And he said, well, I didn't see anybody there that looked like a movie star. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> that was, was that? true. That was true. Yes, she was very plain looking in those days. She was young. She was in her 20s. Yeah. But uh, and he you know, says, she just wore like a regular dress, and, and she didn't look like a movie star. And one of the, I, I'm not sure who said this, that she had the sex appeal of Slim Somerville, and a lot of people don't know who Slim <laughs> Somerville is, but right. if you're, you know your classic movies, I mean, that was not a very nice thing. The Bad <laughs> Sister, 1931. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so. Slim Somerville was sort of like a, oh, like a Gabby Hayes, a Western, kind of a goofy yeah. Person, yeah, yeah, goofy looking, tall, you know, yeah. tall, skinny. Yeah, I, I, I have a yeah. picture of him, tall, skinny guy, sort of the comic relief. Tall, skin, comic yeah. relief, yeah. Exactly. And, and the person yeah. who said that was uh, Carl Lemley Jr., who was the son of the head of the studio, Carl Lemley. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> so there, and that, that, and the that was son. So everything was stacked against her there. If she wasn't, you know, she wasn't going to be a glamour girl. And oh any, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the head of the she studio hated her, <laughs> but she made money. She made money for them, and I, I think those are those are good reasons. I, I think it's because we all, when we're watching Betty Davis, we don't watch anybody else on screen. I, th- I think it's her. Her intensity, just like you said, no matter what she's doing, whether she's you know being a heroine or she's being the villain, uh, her intensity comes <laughs> through. You know, it's almost palpable. So you wanna you wanna see her, and and you you wanna be sure and see her next. You know, to see what what she's gonna <laughs> do next, and and the films that she made, the roles that she that she chose uh, or that were given to her. Are, uh, she just made so much uh, of them. I mean, an ordinary actress maybe taking over some of the roles would not have done them so intensely as she did. And what what are um, if you had to pick, uh, say, the top three Betty Davis films, which three would you pick, Diana? Well, I have to state that I only started doing classic films about 20 years ago, way after her error. And I figured out Mm. I've seen 36,000 movies since she was a star. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. You you counted them. (laughs) So, um, but, you know, I do have the classic sites, so I have have seen a lot of them here on DVD. Um, Of Human Bondage is one. 
um, All mm-hmm. About Eve, and my very favorite is Jezebel. Oh, okay. All all About Eve and uh, of Human Bondage and Jezebel. And and why is it that you you like those three? Um, I like of human bondage because although it was kind of a strange love story, you know, will they get together or will they not? Uh, it was right up her alley of you know being a, a, a strong person portraying a character that uh, uh, actually really first time was for the first time brought the film critics to just really claim her as a major star. So um, it was significant in in that, and of course she did win an Oscar for that role. Um, Which but, one? You know, of Human Bondage. I think she had uh, a write in no, Oscar write in Oscar yeah. nomination. Yes, that's right. They she, were write yeah, in. She did. Write-in. She did. Yeah, it she was a write in. She did. Yeah, she, she didn't. Did, win. She didn't win that year, although she should have won. And that's why people wrote in, because she was so great in that movie. And that's one of my favorites, too, Diana. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. It was. You know, even though it that was. she might not have been the ideal person for it, you know, she just kept pushing on, and and then she just got stronger and more meaningful roles. So it was, it was actually kind of a, um, you know, a stairway to the stars, if you want to put it that way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, well said. Well said. <laughs> and uh, and what about you, James? Do you, do you have a different top three Betty Davis films? Well, uh, how can I pick only three movies? I have to pick the top twenty-five. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to save that for next next week. <laughs> you have to I, pick. I, you have to pick. Well, as I said before, I even loved her lousy movies. But uh, the good ones, my top one of all time, is All About Eve. And it's mainly because the script is so good by Joseph Mankiewicz. But she is wonderful. She was the perfect age to play an aging stage star in her early 40s. In those days, this this film was made in 1950. In those days, an actress who was 40 was considered over the hill. So thank heavens, you know, times have changed now. We have actresses playing their age, like Meryl Streep. Uh, So All About It is uh, what I absolutely adored, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, because no one could look more like a hag than she did in that movie. (laughs) And she was funny, and she was a witch, and she was mean. Perfect Betty Davis role. And let me see, I only get one more? Oh, my God. Yes, for right now. (laughs) Oh, oh, all right, I'll pick Dark Victory, because every time I see that, I cry, because it's so sad and so touching, and she's in love with George Brandt. By the way, George Brandt was one of her favorites. She she liked working with George Brandt. Personally, I could not see what his sex appeal was, but she liked him. And they had an affair, too, uh, at one time. So Dark Victory would be that one. Judith Traherne, and she's going blind, and oh, it's so sad. And and the music swells, Max Steiner music swells up at the end and fades out, and there Betty's gone. (laughs) It's a beautiful film, I think. Yes, it was. It is hard to to pick uh, three. I I wanted to, to... 
take a minute here to thank my uh, Facebook friends who um, commented about their favorite Betty Davis movies, and you'll see a trend here. Laura uh, Clifford, who's a uh, film critic, she put All About Eve because it's so, she says it's just iconic, and I think that's kind of what you're you're saying, Jim. And yes, Mac Bates, yes. we all know Mac, our, uh, one of our favorite critics, too. He picked All About Eve and A Human <laughs> Bondage and Dark Victory. So, hey, Mac, uh, yeah, Mac, hi, Mac. <laughs> you're you're right, on, right on target here. And Yvonne Marie McQuaid uh, commented that uh, she liked Betty Davis because she had so much sass. <laughs> I think that's good. Yeah, that, she was sassy, that she had. sassy lady, and and yet she uh, had a vulnerable side. And she picked, guess what? All all together, one, two, three, all about all Eve. about Eve, Eve, <laughs> and whatever happened to Baby Jane? Baby she called Jane. that a uh, brilliant performance. So it looks Thanks. like everybody has all about Eve on their list of top three. And mine, uh, I I had, well, the thing is about Betty Davis and, and her films, It's uh, to me it's kind of always the last time I've seen her on screen, that's the best. <laughs> and then the oh. next time I see it, and then... That's, oh no, that's the yes. best. Oh no, that's the best. But I, but I have to go agree with uh, with everybody. I mean, it's unanimous. All about Eve goes uh, the top three, and I loved uh, Dead Ringer, and now Voyager. And I see now uh, now Voyager plays a lot on Turner Classic Movies, and so does yes, Dead Ringer. Does. Yeah, and and the reason I liked uh, Now Voyager is be, because it's it's very romantic. I mean, with with Paul Henry and and here is this little uh, oh gosh, dumpy, uh, <laughs> ugly, shy <laughs> lady yeah. at the end, at, yeah. under the thumb of the mother. And uh, then the the movie it shows her gradually changing to the complete opposite of that character. And Betty Davis did it was kind of an understated performance, I think, which you usually don't hear about <laughs> Betty Davis giving an understated uh, <laughs> performance at True. all. But in that one, I think I think it was at least at least for her. Um, but uh, but it is hard. James, I I agree with you. It's very very hard to pick favorites, and and we're talking about films here. Now I kind of wanted to go into the performance area because you might like a a film, but then there might be one performance that that isn't that you like best that isn't in you know maybe one of your favorite uh, favorite movies. So so James, what is your uh, absolute favorite Betty Davis performance? Oh gosh, that is a very difficult question. Uh, it, well, with me, it would it would be between two? It would be between uh, All About Eve and uh, Baby Jane. I thought she was so brilliant in Baby Jane, capturing that character who was a faded child star, and and then in All About Eve, she was a sophisticated stage actress and. 
had all the witty lines, fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be a bumpy night. And, yes. Oh, yes. You know, it's the script, the script with Mankiewicz script. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I think Joseph Mankiewicz uh, is, uh, he is related to uh, the fel- Ben Mankiewicz on uh, uncle, yeah, I Turner think. Classic. I think it's his uncle, yeah. Uh, a great family of creative artists. The whole family. Uh, Herman Mankiewicz wrote, uh, what was that? Okay. Not Casablanca, but um, what, what was that film? Uh, All oh, about oh, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. He, he helped write Citizen Kane. Oh, he did, not yeah. Not credit. Yeah. Anyway, a great well, family. Well, one thing about All About Eve, her performance in All About Eve, is... Um, well, it's it's just so real. I mean, you can just see, you know, the the when she says the, the you know, uh, put on your seat belts. What is that? What you said? Fasten your seat belts. Fasten your seat belts. It's going to be a bumpy yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, and you just oh, the way she said it. I mean, I don't think anybody else could say it the way she said it. And it just her. She, you were just with her. You were just with her all through that bumpy ride. You were really with her. So I think that's that's a good choice. And Baby Jane, oh my gosh, she did get an Oscar uh, nomination for for Baby Jane. But you know what? Yes, she I did. think a lot of that, a lot of that uh, acclaim for that performance goes to her for doing the uh, she had a lot to do with the makeup for that part and yes, it was yes, out it was yeah. outrageous it was you know kind of horrible and she she actually thought uh thought about that face how that face would look she she was thinking about uh, a woman who ha- who never washes her face and just puts makeup on top of makeup every day <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's how it finally <laughs> I see so many old actresses like that. <laughs> yeah, and the little Clara Bow, the little Clara Bow beauty mark. That that was that was just <laughs> was a perfect way to <laughs> to make a contrast there with the white, you know, the white face. So I think I you, you picked yeah. two very very good performances. How about you, Diana? What is do you are your favorite? Is your favorite performance the same one as James, uh, All About Eve, or or Baby Jane, or do you have a different one? Um, a comment about Baby Jane. You know, her and Joan Crawford had this ongoing hatred of each other forever, and I don't know if you knew this, but on Baby Jane, um, she actually put on an extra weight belt underneath her costume so that when – Joan had to drag her across the floor. It was harder for her to do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> that was really, that's too much. Well, they hated no. each other. <laughs> yes. Well, um, that's, that's, Jeze- Jezebel yeah. I really liked because it was, um, you know, a romance, but kind of a little funny and um just wasn't anything serious, but it just was one of those things that, you know, like you've had a hard day and you sit down and you want to see something that's kind of just fun, and it was. And she had a good um, a good chemistry, I think, with both George Brent and Henry Fonda, so um, that was, was yeah, good. But yeah. All About Eve is, is amazing. I mean, what, what happened there, and, and like I think as Jim said it, you know, or you said it, you felt like you were there. 
I mean, it was just so real, and it was, you know, you would have those tense moments when, really, is this going to happen, or is, is she really doing that, or, you know, what is she going to do now, you know, and so you were really invested in that film from beginning to end. You couldn't get popcorn. You couldn't go to the bathroom. You would have missed too much. <laughs> oh, no. Jezebel, I think, is the, was the most most recent movie that I've that I've seen of uh, Betty Davis on Turner Classic Movie that I do ro- watch them over several of these over and over you know whenever they're on over and over I watch them and uh, Jezebel that they're talk about a change in a in a character this selfish this very selfish proud uh, uh character and who just wants her way spoiled and wants her way and and yeah. how quickly well not quickly but over the movie Jezebel she she changes and uh, uh, my husband Larry you guys know him <laughs> he said mm-hmm. oh my God he says that is the greatest redemption movie that I have ever seen <laughs> and it, I, we won't tell the listeners you know just what the ending was but that's right I mean. Uh, dear listeners, if you haven't seen Jezebel and you're a fan of Be- Betty Davis, just look for it on uh, Turner Classic Movies because you'll you'll see about the the redemption part. Well, well, I'm glad you you mentioned the feud between <laughs> Joan Crawford and Betty Davis because that's what I wanted to ask you both about. Um, what is your reaction to the casting of Susan Sarandon as Betty Davis and Jessica Lange as Betty as uh, uh, Joan Crawford in the FX uh, new FX uh, TV series that just uh, started Sunday called Feud? Did have you have either of you seen that? No, yes, I hadn't I... even heard about it, uh, but it sounds oh, very yeah. interesting. So I'm gonna watch it now. But perfect actresses for both of them absolutely perfect couldn't be better how about you james what do you think about that casting well i did see the first episode and uh of course i was fascinated to see what they did and i i always thought that susan sarandon should play betty davis if they ever made a story of her life because she kind of looks like her she has the same popped eyes that betty has Mm -hmm. And so she, in a sense, she does look like Betty Davis. And uh, Jessica Lange, I thought uh, they p- probably had to make her up a little bit more because she doesn't really look like Joan Crawford, but they sort of captured the thick eyebrows in her later life that she wore. And So, yeah, I think she'd do an incredible job, yeah. Both, both actresses are good, you know, they're very good actresses. Well, I agree with you about uh, Susan Sarandon playing Betty Davis. I think Sarandon was born to play Betty Davis. In fact, I think I mentioned that in my book on Susan Sarandon. And at that time, when I was writing that book, there was a a project where she was going to play Betty Davis, but I don't think it was this one. I have to go back and check. But I'm I'm really happy that that they chose her for this. And then... You know, I was worried about Jessica Lange as Joan Crawford because Joan projected such an ultra-strong screen presence. And Jessica Lange, she's a great actress, but she usually comes across as much softer even when she's being mean. 
but I think I, I was wrong to be worried. I, I thought she was great as as Joan uh, Crawford, and I just can hardly wait to see how how this feud is portrayed, which all comes to a head in, of course, whatever happened to to Baby Jane. I, I just can't hardly wait to see to see how that. Uh, I thought the first the first episode on Sunday night was uh, was really interesting for movie fans didn't you James because they had um, they had different actresses playing famous actresses from the, from that era they had uh, Catherine Zeta Jones playing uh, Olivia de Havilland they had Kathy yes Bates yes. playing was it Joan Blondell I couldn't believe Joan that Bl- yeah it was Joan Blondell yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Judy Davis is Hedda Hopper. Hedda Hopper. Uh, I might be forgetting, but but uh, and then they were talking about you know they were they were talking about uh, the feud and the and Joan Crawford and and Betty and Betty Davis. But you know that's a brilliant idea to do to do this. I I hope that it is I hope that it is uh, successful. Joan Crawford and Betty Davis were the exact exact opposite. Betty Davis didn't care how she looked, and Joan Crawford, that was probably her top priority. And this yeah. came through loud and clear in this first in this first uh, episode. But look at the ways they had the things they had in common. Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. They both, believe it or not, started out with an interest in dance. And right, right. of course, uh, Joan Joan Crawford did have some success. I I didn't think she was a very good dancer at all, but that that's what she did first of all in her in the movies. And Betty Davis, as soon as she knew about acting, she gave up dancing because she liked acting. But they both had the dance bug first. They both were big stars in the 30s. They both had they both had they both fell in love with Franchot Tone. <laughs> yeah, probably at the same <laughs> at the same time. Uh, okay, they both had Oscars. They both, uh, uh, both of them, had children who wrote these tell-all books about them. Am I right about that, James? Oh, you are. Yes, they <laughs> they had rotten kids. I can tell you that. <laughs> that was not, you know, with the no no hangers, the mommy 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 dearest. No wire yeah. hangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was Joe. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they had so so much in common, but my goodness, they didn't. They really didn't care about each other. And uh, Betty Davis did win the uh, Oscar nomination, not the Oscar, for Baby Jane. And Joan Crawford didn't get get a mention. And I guess that we'll see how that plays out in feud in feud too. Well, we should have a whole we should have a whole program on that. We'll wait till feud is finished, and then and then we we can all three come back and kind of talk about that because I think that would make an interesting uh, show. Um, in your opinion, who did Betty Davis have the best on-screen chemistry with, James? Oh, gosh. Well, she had a lot of co-stars. Uh, I think probably George Brent and also Claude Rains. And Gary Merrill, of course, that was in All About Eve, but that's when they fall, fell in love for real. So she had a great chemistry with him. You could see that they were sexually attracted to each other in the movie. I think, 
Exactly. And, and Diana, who did you think? Well, like I said, I can't remember a lot of these, but I did um, do a whole interview, uh, not interview, a whole review of The Private Lives of Elizabeth and Essex, oh, in oh, which yeah. Bette Davis starred with Earl Flynn. And their yeah. characters were, uh, it was an ill-fated love between the aging Elizabeth and the dashing Earl of Essex, and um, but they, um, it was a, a double Academy Award winner for Davis, and uh, it, it was just a story about and the intelligence and the energy and the ardor of that romance and um, his good looks, of course, and um, so that was one that really, that really I really can remember thinking about I'm it. with you on that one. I, I saw that uh, yeah. at a very tender age, and I, I just thought the, their chemistry was just absolutely fabulous, and I thought, I still think to this day, that they probably had something going on off screen, <laughs> because I didn't think... I don't think so. Think, no, well, I don't think so. Looked, well, I wouldn't be surprised because while well, she was married, I know once she had a sexual relationship with Howard Hughes. Yes, she did. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and and William Wyler and uh, Mr. Sherman, one of her directors, and Fred Chatone. <laughs> the list goes on. But You're writing that book, uh, right, Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. write that book. But, but Elizabeth and Essex was made in 1939, of course. Uh-huh. At that time, Errol Flynn was beautiful. I mean, well, yes. you can't say anything. He was yeah. beautiful. So all the women were just uh, on the lot, were just falling down in front of him, you know, so he could have anybody he wanted. But Betty didn't think he could act. She was not keen oh. on his acting. So uh, I don't think she was sexually attracted to him, as far as I could tell. Well, I... I you can say that, but I still believe what I believe. <laughs> Someday it will well, come out. More, the truth. You're more of a romantic truth. than I am, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> the time has gone by so so fast. I, uh, we we still oh. have quite a few questions, but but why don't why don't I just uh, ask uh, each of you if you have anything additional to add about ba- Betty Davis that we haven't that we haven't. Uh, Covered. So, Diana, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I thought it fascinating that she was actually the co-founder of the Hollywood Canteen. Yeah, and she was yeah, also yeah. the first female president of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. Absolutely, that yeah. I did not know. I did not know that. What about you, James? Well, I have a little anecdote, uh, which I got from the book Betty and Joan. Uh, which I think the the uh, television show might be based on partly. It's called Betty and Joan: yeah. The D- Divine Feud by Sean Considine. And mm. in one one time, Joan Crawford said that Betty was unhappy because of a lack of men in her life, and Betty's counter was, "What? I've had affairs, not as many as hers, but outside of a cat house, who has?" Oh, so, <laughs> well, there goes that. That was, that was one of her catty, that catty that's things she said about Joe Crawford. 
Oh, well, she did. She they did not have a very good relationship. That's true. It was it was a stormy for sure. I read that she also said about Joan Crawford that when um, you know when uh, Universal uh, or was it Warner's Warner's took over Joan's contract. She went over to Warner's to make movies. That uh, yes. Betty yes. Davis said that. Uh, that Joan Crawford had slept with every male actor on at MGM except Lassie. <laughs> so, she was not. She didn't mince words. She did not mince mince words. And I'm sure no, when we're talking, no, you... of, when we're doing a tribute to Joan Crawford, we'll we'll have to have to say some uh, have to report some of the things that she said about Betty Davis. I think we must. I think we owe her. I think we owe her that. Well, sorry to say our time is almost up. Thanks so much, Diana and James, for being great guests again today. It's been such fun to talk with you. Thanks also to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, as well as to all our listeners. Special thanks to Nikki Starr for her help, and we hope she will be back with us soon. And to Nancy Lombardo, George Bettinger, Angela Drake Perry, and the Wacko Network hosts for their enthusiastic support for our show on their own radio shows. Nancy is the host of What's the Buzz right here on Blog Talk Radio every Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. George hosts the very entertaining Mom and Pop Shop show on TuneIn Radio from Miramar, Florida, but aired worldwide every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Plus, the Wacko Network offers something for everyone in its diverse programs Every day on Mixler, that's M-I-X-L-R, and Angela is a host on Fallen Angel Radio. I'm happy to report that she is hosting a unique book giveaway event involving four of my books, so be sure to check that out at Fallen Angel Radio. I think the deadline to participate is April 1st. Time to wrap things up now, so let's end the day's festivities with my favorite rendition of, you guessed it, Hooray for Hollywood. (laughs) 